Good morning. Let me just take a few moments, if we could, this morning, just to bow your head and close your eyes as we just try to take some time to remember 9-11 this morning. I know for many of you in this room, you were not born yet. But others of us who have gone through that, just close your eyes and bow your head. Let me just lead us in a time of prayer this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we do remember. And we do thank you, Father, that you are faithful that you're mindful, Father, of all the steps we take, that you're mindful, Father, of things that happen in our life that are tragedy and suffering and trouble and heartache, but you are faithful. And so this morning, Father, we continue to ask that you would be with us as a nation. Would you be with our leaders? Would you help us, Father, to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways, to follow you and acknowledge you as Lord and Savior of our lives? Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for your faithfulness. We pray these things in your precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. My name is Renee Maciel. Some of you don't know me, but I'm the missions pastor here, community outreach. Uh, I, I lead us on some trips here uh, from the standpoint of in the U.S. as well as in the, in the international realm, as well as local things that we're doing and I'm glad just to be able to share this morning. I want to let you know that I was in Wyoming this summer. We were doing a mission trip in Wyoming. And uh, we were out doing a kind of a backyard Bible study that morning. Uh, a young lady walks up to us with her pizza box. This was 9 o'clock in the morning. Pizza box in hand, little girl in hand, and just getting ready to have breakfast. Uh, she is not dressed well. She is ragged. The little girl is ragged as well. Uh, you could tell they didn't have a whole lot. They were living in Shoshone, Wyoming, which is where we were. And she walks up and wants to participate in the backyard bubble club with her daughter. She's excited about being there. I notice all of a sudden the little girl has her shirt on backwards. I notice there must be something going on in that family. All of a sudden, mom sits down, begins to talk with me, begins to have conversation and says, do you believe in life after death? What a question. What a start of a conversation. What an opportunity for me to be able to share Jesus Christ with this lady. As a matter of fact, just a few moments later, she, she begins to confess to me. She says, I've been clean from one month now off of methamphetamines. I'm trying to figure out what life is all about. And so what an opportunity I had that morning, a matter of fact, just at 9 o'clock in the morning, pizza breakfast, little girl coming to Backyard Bible Club, just to be able to express to them the importance of knowing what life is all about, and that's about truth, knowing who truth, knowing what truth is all about. And so this morning, there's sometimes that we get asked loaded questions. They just come to us unexpectedly, loaded questions. And not too long ago, as that lady asked me that loaded question, I, have an, I had a loaded question from my, my wife. I'm from a restaurant family here in Waco. I'll just give a quick commercial. La Fiesta's one cousin. Casa de Castillo's the other cousin. My other cousin has the pizzeria down at Union Hall. My other cousin has the Wake Cool Tacos. I'm from a West restaurant family. Go eat there. <laughs> So naturally, my mom is a great cook. My wife asked me this question two months into marriage. Do you like my cooking or your mother's better? Lord, where is the truth? And then it was probably a year later she asked this question. You probably have heard this as well, men. Husbands, does this dress make me look fat? Oh, my knee is hurting me. I, 
had to fake a knee injury or something like that, as a matter of fact. Sometimes questions come to us and they're loaded with lots of things going on. And this morning, as we are talking about the truth a little bit, out of John chapter 18, looking at verse 38 in particular this morning, something that you've read in your life groups this morning, but it's talking about the truth. Who is the truth? Knowing the truth, wanting the truth in our lives. And so this morning, as we look at this one scripture just a little bit, this is Pilate. Pilate, by the way, has just finished interrogating Jesus. He had been brought, Jesus had been brought to, to Pilate by the, the, the religious leaders of the time. And, and all of a sudden, Pilate asked this question, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus goes on to come conversation with him. But at the end of this conversation, verse 30, 38, if you'll look at that real quickly, it says this, what is the truth? What is truth? Thirty-seven years ago, I stood in front of a pastor in holy matrimony, and I told my bride, Sabrina, that I will be married to you for the rest of my life. It was true. It is still true. And this morning, more than anything else, I want us to seek out a little bit and try to understand what truth is. Because listen, we listen to all kinds of voices around us that are trying to tell us what truth is all about. For me, as I think about truth and seeking truth in my own life, I think about uh, this particular quote. Look at this quote real quickly here. It says this, Blaise Pascal says this, truth is so obscure in these times. And falsehood is so established that unless we love the truth, we cannot know it. It's about loving the truth. It's about understanding where truth comes from and knowing the truth. And so for a lot of us this morning who know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, who have invited Jesus Christ to come into your life, you understand the truth. Truth is coming to your life. But there are many people just like you know, many people that you know in a crowd in your neighborhood, wherever you may be, you know lots of people that do not understand the truth. And this scripture in 145, Psalm 145, 8 says this. It says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Listen, in today's society, in today's culture, can I just tell you that if you are living a truthful life, if you are following the truth, if you're staying close to the truth through God's word, if you're staying close to the truth, you are living a radical life. You are living a very different life because the rest of the world does not live that way. It just doesn't. It doesn't follow the truth. As we sing these songs this morning, as we worship God this morning, we understand the truth and that's why we worship. Because we know the truth. We love the truth. We desire the truth in our life. And so my search for truth as a kid actually started a little bit different. My dad wasn't a believer until age 40. I became a believer before my dad did, and so I didn't really have someone to lead me in the truth as a young kid. My dad was not the example of truth in my life. My brother, whom I roomed with, he was a, a, a fanatic about listening to the Beatles Bob Johns, somewhere here. John Lennon wrote this song, by the way. This song says, give me some truth. Listen to these words by John Lennon. I'm sick and tired of hearing things from uptight, short-sighted, narrow-minded hypocrites. All I want is the truth. Just give me some truth. 
I've had enough of reading things by neurotic, psychotic, pig-headed politicians. All I want is the truth. Just give me some truth. I have no doubt that John Lennon, at this moment, when he was writing this song, he was looking for truth in his life. Searching, wanting more than what he had. And by the way, here's how we find the truth, and I'm relating this back to myself as well. I look for truth in all kinds of ways as a kid. A matter of fact, we do it today. We look in the newspapers. We pick up the, the morning news. We pick up USA Today, we whatever it may be, Dallas Morning News, looking for the truth. The newspapers have the truth, surely, right? How about TV? TV is the truth. Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, that tells the truth, Right? If you read it on Facebook, it's got to be true. If you were keeping up with the U.S. Open tennis tournament this past week, Naomi Osaka, still a teenager, winning lots of events, she lost in the second round. She immediately goes to her Instagram page and writes, I cannot believe the hate I am receiving on Instagram from other people. Immediately after the tournament, she goes to Instagram for the truth. How often we fall and look and search for things in our life, looking somewhere else besides God for the truth. We think about this and we move on with just Pilate. Pilate was looking for the truth. I believe in this scripture here that we're looking at this morning. As you had, have you been to your life groups and you're going to your life groups this morning? Pilate was looking for the truth. He was asking Jesus Christ, what is truth? By the way, verse 33 says this. If you'll take a look at that real quickly, it says, are you the king of the Jews? He is asking Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? I want to know more. I want to understand more. I want to have truth in my life. And so I'm asking you, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus says right back to him, did that come on your own idea? Or do you know it yourself? Pilate says, I'm not a Jew. I don't understand this. Relative truth in this time, a matter of fact, in this culture that they were living in, also in our culture today, we live on this relative truth. Relativism means that we believe the truth is whatever it is for you, but the truth is different for me. It could be what it is for you, but it's going to be different for me. So all truth is relative. Whatever it is, we can spin it any way we want to spin it, and that's the way our culture lives today. If it's true for you, it may not be true for me. We live there. We experience that all the time. Pilate was living in that. A matter of fact, the religious leaders, listen to me, the religious leaders brought Jesus to Pilate. Pilate didn't find the truth through these religious leaders. I'll say it again. The religious leaders are the ones that brought Jesus. There are sometimes there are people in our community, in our crowd, in our life that say they believe in Jesus Christ, but they are not living the truth. They don't act like it. They don't speak like it. 
Nothing that comes out of their life represents the truth. They're using all other things in their life, a matter of fact, to magnify truth outside of Jesus Christ, outside of God's word. And so they don't truly understand the truth. And so they're leading people astray. Atheist Richard Dawkins said this, something has to be true or not. It can't be both. It can't be the world that you're living in and the ideas that you hear from the world, and it can't be the Word of God. It can't be one thing one day. And by the way, newspapers do this all the, way, all the time. News tell this all the time. One says one thing, one contradicts it the other day, the other day, next day. It can't be both. Pilate was pressured. Pilate, by the way, was not in a good relationship with Tiberius, the emperor. He was pressured to make a decision, just like you and I are pressured today to be able to make a decision to follow truth in our life. To be connected, listen to me, to be connected to Jesus' kingdom, we have to decide it's not a choice of options, A, B, C, or D. It's an act of obedience. Let me say it again. It's not a choice of options. I'll do it this way today, but tomorrow I'll decide to do it a different way next day. It's about following Jesus Christ and the truth. The truth of God's kingdom the truth of God's kingdom came down. And listen, look at this verse in your Bibles again, verse 37. I, I told Ronnie I was going to just use one verse, but look at verse 37. It says this. 37 is the most important part of this. It, it begins to under, help us understand that Christ came down to reveal himself. And it says this, I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me, my sheep. And John chapter 10 says, my sheep hear my voice. They understand the truth. They know the truth. They relate the truth. They follow the truth. They don't follow Facebook one day. They don't follow the world one day. They don't follow the things another day. They follow the truth of God. And how important that is for us to be able to follow God and the truth that he set before us. This morning as we look at this and then try to understand this truth is God's way of calling you and me. into a different kingdom. You see, I really have been called not just to be a missions pastor or whatever that may be. God has called me to follow God in such a way that I have a mission of being truth in the world that I live in. Around my neighbors, around friends, around people I don't know. It happens all the time. Not only to me, but also to you. You run into people all the time that are looking and searching for something different in their life. What's it going to take, a matter of fact, for us to fill our lives in such a way that we feel something different or something satisfying or something that fills us up? And we're looking, we're longing, we're searching for those things. And it is only the truth of God in our life that's going to really make us complete. Amen? We are born into slavery. Born into slavery and we're deceived that we can find happiness apart from God. I can find true happiness apart from God. I can find 
contentment apart from God. I can fill my life apart from God. And that's the lie that we've learned from the very beginning, especially in the Western world we live in. We are living next to that idea that I can fill my life with other things and I can live my life and be happy apart from God in my life. We have to decide. We have to decide which kingdom we will choose. The kingdom of lies or the kingship and the truthfulness of Jesus Christ. John 8, 32 says this, and you know the scripture, it says this, you will know the truth and it's the truth that sets you free. It's not the things that you involve in your life. It's not the things that you pull into your life. It's the things of God that set you free to understanding what God has in store for you. I want you to look at just a few scriptures here this morning out of John chapter 3, 2 and 33 says this. Look at this scripture here this morning. He testifies to what he has seen and heard. This is John the Baptist speaking. But no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. You have to ask yourself, the people that you hang out with, are they speaking the words of God? Are they speaking the words of culture? Are they speaking the words of friends or news or TV? Are they speaking the words of God that really are true? You have to ask yourself, and then you have to ask yourself, which side of the kingdom did you plan on being on? Another scripture out of John chapter 1, verse 14 says this, and this is John speaking, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Art prayed that prayer a while ago that we would understand the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. And for me, again, as I look at my life, as I look as I continue to grow up in Christ, it is the truth of God that is leading me. It is what is centering my life is the truth of God in my life. One more verse, Jesus speaking in John chapter 3, verse 20 says this, Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. We have to decide. We have to decide what kingdom we will follow. We have to decide what truth we will follow. And I'm just telling you this morning, I can't tell you how important it is for us to be leaning on the truth of God in our life. It can't be the culture that we live in. That is not truth. I'm not saying that all things are bad, but I'm saying how important for us as followers of Jesus Christ that we are living according to God's word, the truth in our life. John 14, 6 says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes into the Father except by me. Folks, this morning, I'm just telling you, we have to decide what kingdom we will be a part of. We have to decide what truth am I listening to? Who am I following? 
What have I added to my life thinking that it'll bring truth to my life? I'm a runner. I'm getting ready to run from my house here in Sunwest Village to McGregor in a few weeks. It's 6.3 miles. I turned 63 here in a few days, so I'm going to do 6.3 miles. I love to run still. I enjoy that. But the truth is, my body hurts. I know that. I feel that. I understand that about my body, but can I just tell you that I also, as I read God's Word in my life every day, I begin to understand God's truth for my life. And I've decided as a 62-year-old man that the truth in my life is Jesus Christ, and I'm following him. As the band gets ready to play this last song, listen to this, and I'm going to close with this. About 150 years ago, there was a great revival in Wales. As a result of this, many missionaries came to Northeast India to spread the gospel. The region known as the Assam was comprised of hundreds of tribes who were primitive and aggressive headhunters. Into these hostile and aggressive communities came a group of missionaries from the American Baptist missions, spreading the message of love, peace, hope in Jesus Christ. Naturally, they were not welcomed. One missionary succeeded in converting a man and his wife to the truth. Two children. This man's faith proved contagious, and many villagers began to accept Christianity. Angry, the village chief summoned all the villagers. He then called the family who had first converted to renounce their faith in public or face execution. Moved by the Holy Spirit, the man said, I have decided to follow Jesus. The chief was beside himself with fury and ordered his wife to be arrowed down. In a moment, she joined her two children in death. They were laying there. The man replied, though no one joins me, still I will follow. The chief was beside himself with fury and ordered his wife. And now the man, I'm gonna give you one more opportunity to deny your faith and live in the face of death, the man said the final memorable lines, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. He was shot dead with the rest of his family. He decided to follow the truth. I don't know why we're so afraid of the truth I don't know why we have so much doubt and confusion about the truth when we maybe from early as children, we've learned the truth. We comprehend the truth. We have felt the truth of God in our lives. It stirred us at camp. It has moved us into a deeper walk and a deeper understanding that there's nothing more that really makes sense anymore in our life except for the truth of God. This morning, I challenge you. Jesus Christ is the truth. It is him that puts the mark of truth in our life. Pray with me.
Father, forgive me for the many times that I've allowed so many other things to dictate what truth is in my life. That I've joined the crowd. That I've followed everybody else's thoughts about truth. Maybe there are some here this morning, Father, that have never asked you to be the truth in their life. They've looked all kinds of ways to know you, to know about you, to find satisfaction in all kinds of things. When Father God, you are the truth. Help us understand that. Help us to stand on that and hope in that and believe in that. Where I pray these things in your precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus Christ.